When an author writes a story, the author knows how all the problems will be solved. They know how it will start and they know the ending of this story. And so all of the twists and turns that you go through, remember that in the author's mind, they know how it's all going to come out. And we can view all of human history as a story that God is writing. There's a lot of twists and turns. There's a lot of times that we wonder, how is this going to turn out? But God is the author of all of history. And he knows the beginning and he knows the ending. And he knows how it will all come out right. I'm so glad that you joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's Word. Well, we're at the point in the story of Joseph where kind of all the loose ends are going to get wrapped up. Joseph has revealed himself to his brothers. Hey, I'm your brother that you thought was dead, and here I am still alive, and I'm second in command in Egypt, and I'm going to make sure that everyone survives this famine. So that's, that's already happened, and now all that's left to do is basically get the family, the rest of the family, to Egypt where they will be well provided for. So if you remember in our last chapter that we read, Pharaoh had sent wagons along with Joseph's brothers, and they were going back to get Jacob, also known as Israel, and all of the wives and children and all of their stuff and bring it back to Egypt. The whole family is going to move to Egypt. Now, if you're at all familiar with the Bible, you might be thinking, wait a minute, this doesn't seem like a good idea because I know that at some point these people are going to become slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt and then Moses is going to come and there's going to be all the ten plagues and the exodus and all that stuff. And if you're thinking that, in some ways you're correct. That is going to happen. It's going to happen in the future. But that's 215 years after this story. So that is a little bit further in the future. Right now, at this point, things are looking good for Jacob and his whole family. The, the current Pharaoh, remember Pharaoh isn't a name, it's a title. It's kind of like saying the, the current king of Egypt, the current Pharaoh, likes them. He likes Joseph. Joseph is his second in command. And they're going to have um, this whole family settle in the land of Goshen, which is a great place, according to our story, according to the Bible text, to live. So things are looking good for them. Much later on in the future, there's going to come another, a different Pharaoh that doesn't remember Joseph and that doesn't view the, the Israelites favorably. So things are going to change in the future, but for now, in this story, things are looking good. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more after we read this passage. There's three words and phrases that I think would be helpful to understand before we read it. At one point... Jacob is going to be told that Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. And you might think, well, what on earth does that mean? Why would Joseph's hand close his father's eyes? They're talking about when, when Jacob dies. Basically, when you die, the person that's going to close your eyes after you die is your son, Joseph. So when somebody dies, if their eyes are open, it can be a little uncomfortable. So usually someone will come along and they will close their eyes so it looks like the dead person is 
sleeping more. And so that's what they're talking about. Basically, when you die, you're going to be with your son, Joseph. We're going to hear the word um, sojourn or sojourners, and that means a temporary stay somewhere. So a little bit more than just a vacation, but if you go to live somewhere temporarily, say you go live somewhere for a summer, you're sojourning in that place. And so we're going to hear that word and the word sojourners um, a few times. And then we're also going to hear about how the shepherds are an abomination to the Egyptians. Now the Egyptians, they had shepherds too. They had lots of livestock, but there was something and the Bible doesn't tell us what it was. Um, I'm guessing if you studied Egyptian culture, you could find out more about this. Um, But there was something about foreign shepherds that went against the Egyptian, maybe their religion or their beliefs. And so they didn't associate with foreign shepherds for whatever reason. And there's some good reasons why that matters in our story. And we're going to talk about that after we read our passage. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 46 today. And we're going to read all the way through chapter 46 and into chapter 47 a little bit. So if you don't have your Bible along, I would encourage you to read this later. If you do have your Bible, open up with me. And forgive me, there are a lot of names in here, and I am sure that I don't say them all correctly. Uh, But you can bear with me in love as we get through um, the list of names. All right, let's dig in. Here we go. So Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here am I. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. I myself will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you up again, and Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. Then Jacob set out from Beersheba. The sons of Israel carried Jacob their father, their little ones and their wives, in the wagons that Pharaoh had sent to carry him. They also took their livestock and their goods, which they had gained in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt. Jacob and all his offspring with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, all his offspring he brought with him into Egypt. Now these are the names of the descendants of Israel who came into Egypt, Jacob and his sons. Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and the sons of Reuben, Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. The sons of Simeon, Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shaul, the son of a Canaanite woman. The sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The sons of Judah, Ur, Onan, Shelah, Perez, and Zerah, but Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan, and the sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul, the sons of Issachar, Tola, Puva, Yob, and Shimron, the sons of Zebulun, Sered, Elon, and Jahliel. These are the sons of Leah, whom she bore to Jacob in Padam Aram, together with his daughter Dinah. Altogether, his sons and his daughters numbered thirty-three. The sons of Gad, 
Zephian, Hegai, Shuni, Esban, Eri, Arodi, and Areli, the sons of Asher, Imna, Ishva, Ishvi, Bariah, with Sarah, their sister, and the sons of Bariah, Heber, and Melchiel. These are the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to Leah his daughter, and these she bore to Jacob, sixteen persons. The sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, Joseph, and Benjamin. And to Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On, bore to him. And the sons of Benjamin, Bela, Baker, Ashbel, Gera, Naaman, Ehi, Rosh, Mupim, Hupim, and Ard. These are the sons of Rachel, who were born to Jacob, fourteen persons in all. The sons of Dan, Hushim, the sons of Naphtali, Jazeel, Guni, Jazer, and Shalem. These are the sons of Bilhah, whom Laban gave to Rachel his daughter, and these she bore to Jacob, seven persons in all. All the persons belonging to Jacob, who came into Egypt, who were his own descendants, not including Jacob's sons, wives, were sixty-six persons in all. And the sons of Joseph, who were born to him in Egypt, were two. All the persons of the house of Jacob, who came into Egypt, were seventy. He had sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to show the way before him in Goshen, and they came into the land of Goshen. Then Joseph prepared his chariot and went up to meet Israel his father in Goshen. He presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. Israel said to Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen your face and know that you are still alive. Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh, and will say to him, My brothers and my father's household, who were in the land of Canaan, have come to me. And the men are shepherds, for they have been keepers of livestock, and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. When Pharaoh calls you and says, What is your occupation? You shall say, Your servants have been keepers of livestock, from our youth even until now, both we and our fathers, in order that you may dwell in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. So Joseph went in and told Pharaoh, My father and my brothers, with their flocks and herds and all that they possess, have come from the land of Canaan. They are now in the land of Goshen. And from among his brothers he took five men and presented them to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, as our fathers were. They said to Pharaoh, We have come to sojourn. In the land, for there is no pasture for your servants' flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. And now please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best of the land. Let them settle in the land of Goshen. And if you know any able men among them, put them in charge of my livestock. Then Joseph brought in Jacob his father and stood him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, How many are the days of the years of your life? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my sojourning are one hundred thirty years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. And they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their sojourning. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh 
and went out from the presence of Pharaoh. Then Joseph settled his father and his brothers, and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph provided his father, his brothers, and all his father's household with food, according to the number of their dependents. All right, well, let's talk about what this chapter means. At first glance, you might think, well, why didn't Moses just write, like, Joseph brought Jacob and all their family to Egypt, the end. But he didn't. He gave us a lot more information, and there's a reason for that, right? Moses wasn't just trying to, like, fill paper. He had a reason for the words that he wrote down. He was inspired by God to write these details for us. So there's things in there that we can um, take away and learn from. We start out with this dream of Jacob's, also known as Israel, right? When he's heading down there and God speaks to him. Okay, before that, let's just think about what Jacob might have been thinking. His grandpa, Abraham, had been given this covenant by the Lord. So this promise from God that went to Abraham and then to Isaac and then to Jacob. And included in that promise was that they would inherit the land of Canaan. So Jacob might have been thinking, wait a minute, we're in the land of Canaan. This is the land that was promised us, and now we're supposed now we're leaving? We're going to Egypt? What? This doesn't make sense. So this dream that he has is very reassuring because I'm sure Jacob had some doubts about moving his whole family down to Egypt. Let's take a peek at this dream that he has. So basically God says, Jacob, Jacob. Jacob says, Here am I. And God says to him, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. Aha, that was part of that promise given to Abraham too, right? That his descendants would outnumber the stars. So what's going to happen while Jacob's family lives in Egypt, while they sojourn there? They're going to they're gonna become a lot of people, right? Jacob has 12 sons. There's two daughters listed in this chapter that we learned about. So at least 14 children. 14 children. They're all going to have kids. Those kids are all going to have kids. And before you know it, it, the nation of Israel is going to be huge. And that's a fulfillment of part of that promise to Abraham. And then God says, I myself will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you up again. And Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. So Jacob is not going to come back to the land of Canaan. He is going to die while he is in Egypt. But God is bringing the nation to Egypt. And God is also going to bring the nation out of Egypt. And here's something super cool. Way back when God first gave that covenant to Abram, before his name was even changed to Abraham, God told Abram about this. He explained this whole going down to Egypt thing. So let's go back and look at chapter 15 of Genesis for just a minute. So God said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. Well, that's the Exodus right there. 
As for yourself, you shall go to your fathers in peace, and you shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So God gave details to Abram exactly about what would happen in the future. Your descendants are going to be sojourners, and so far they have been. Isaac was a sojourner. He didn't own the land of Canaan. Jacob, sojourner, didn't own the land. They traveled around. They they spent time in Egypt themselves. Joseph and then now all of Jacob's children are sojourners in Egypt. So this has been happening already for a few hundred years. And there's going to be about 200 years left. And then God is going to bring them back out of Egypt with great possessions. So do not fear, Jacob. Go down to Egypt. This is all part of the plan. Okay, one other thing I want to talk about before we finish for today is that when Jacob finally does get there, he appears before Pharaoh. Think about that. Pharaoh is the king of Egypt. He is one of the most powerful men in the world at this time in history. And Jacob appears before him. Normally, the more important person blesses the lesser person, right? But what happens here at the end of the chapter? Jacob blesses Pharaoh. He starts out talking about how basically I'm 130 years old. I've been I've been sojourning on earth for 130 years. And my father and my grandfather, they sojourned even longer than I did. And then he blesses Pharaoh and goes out from the presence of Pharaoh. I think that's very interesting. Jacob has this dignity. He knows who he is. He knows who he belongs to. He knows the promise that he has inherited from the Lord through Abraham, Isaac, and it's come to him. And so he has this confidence and this dignity that he blesses Pharaoh. He blesses one of the most powerful and mighty men in the world. And it's interesting that he talks about his lifetime. He's 130 years old, and he talks about it as a sojourn, a sojourn on earth. It implies that he's going to go home somewhere else, that this is not his home. What is Jacob? He's, he's just a traveler here on earth. What is his home that he's looking towards? Well, of course, Jacob is looking forward to the day that his descendants will inherit the land of Canaan and that that promised land will be his home. But more than that, Abraham and I believe Isaac and Jacob also were looking forward to a city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. He's looking forward to heaven. He's looking forward to the day when he will be home with the Lord. So he's a sojourner on this earth, just like he's a sojourner in Egypt. So he talks about all of the days of his life as being the days of his sojourning, which I think is very interesting. Well, it's a new week with a new memory verse. This week is James chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. It says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. 
We often talk about what we're going to do tomorrow and forget the fact that tomorrow is in the Lord's hands and we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Only the Lord knows that. I'm so glad that you joined me today on Audacious Arrows in reading the Bible together and memorizing Bible verses together. We'll see you next time.